Welcome to this special bonus edition of the Weekly Standard Podcast. It's, I love doing these instant reaction events. We've got Steve Hayes, Editor-in-Chief of the Weekly Standard. We just watched the speech, Steve, and I have one very simple question for you. Who was that man speaking to Congress, and what did he do to my Donald Trump? <laughs> Uh, this this was a pretty solid speech, I would say, overall um, for Trump. I mean, he sounded like a moderate Republican, echoing some of the themes that he campaigned on, to be sure, but also modifying some of the positions that I think people uh, had, you know, in, in many cases voted for him uh, because he advocated these positions. Uh, I, to me... I think the big takeaway from this speech is that it feels like the announcement of sort of big government republicanism, unapologetic big government republicanism. You think about the kinds of things that that he talked about, the role for government. He talked about infrastructure, um, nothing on entitlement reform. There was a mention of paid family leave. Um, you just saw somebody, I think, articulating a view of – the federal government that is a contrast from what I think many in the House, many House Republicans uh, were elected uh, to, to advance back in 2010 and 2014. But it's a speech that I think will nonetheless be rather well received in part because, you know, Donald Trump was such a question mark coming into office. Well, I want to get back to the policies in a second, but I just think it's for particular for people who didn't see it. I think the speech itself was really, in a way, astonishing because it was so not Trumpian. I, yeah. I, I, who knew that Donald Trump could speak for more than seven minutes without mentioning his electoral college victory margin or you know the percentage of the votes or and it was it was and it's a theme that Bill Crystal and I have come back to on our Crystal Clear podcast that. Underneath the veneer of the Trump, you know, tweeting and yelling and media fighting and calling out CNN, there's a pretty traditional, like you said, big government Republican administration going on over there. I think that's right. And, and look, the speech was notable in, in some ways as much for what was not in it as for what was. I mean, he didn't take his shots at the media. He didn't ad lib much. I had thought that Democrats might try to get under his skin and get him off his his mark a little bit. And, and they didn't do that. They were fairly well behaved. I mean, some of the things that we might have anticipated that would cause a bit more drama uh, in the speech weren't there. And you're right. In in many ways, that's as notable as what was in the speech itself, since we've heard a fair amount of, of what was in the speech from Trump before. Um, so it's, it's notable that he can give this kind of speech. And I do think, you know, if you're, if you're a person watching at home and, you know, you were skeptical of Donald Trump or you didn't vote for him, or you're an independent, you know, he's underwater with independence and you watch him give this speech tonight, your reaction is, is likely to be, well, uh, okay, that doesn't sound, you know, that doesn't sound crazy. That doesn't sound like the authoritarian that I keep hearing about from, uh, you know, my friends on the left. Um, so I think in that sense, this was a good night for, for Trump. And uh, to do my uh, focus group of one, my very non-political Jewish wife, uh, who has a lot of, you know, kind of issues with Trump in theory, about eight minutes into it, she looks at me and goes, who can disagree with any of this? And that was the kind of speech he gave. So let's talk a little bit about policy now. I'll, I'll give one observation I think is worth noting. This speech was a reminder that Trump is the 
photo negative of Barack Obama. Correct. He is less popular than his policies. Obama, people liked him and his policies kind of didn't work. Trump, people have a lot of problems with him, but they tend to like his policies. I thought you saw that on full display tonight. You did. And I think if you, if you look at, at some of the things that he mentioned early on in the speech, if you spent the beginning part of the speech talking about the things that, that he's already accomplished and he points to pulling out of the TPP and the Dakota pipeline, the Keystone pipeline, um, you know, nominating Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. He points to these things as accomplishments and says basically, hey, I'm getting this job done. I'm, I'm working on this stuff. And then basically turns and says, here's what's coming. And, you know, I, I think if, if you look at the, the kinds of uh, places that he chose to emphasize, some of it are the kind of things that we would have expected, right? I mean, it, you know, he, he's talking about law enforcement and new respect for law enforcement. He's talking about rebuilding the military. He did talk a little bit about infrastructure. Um, and in that sense, it, it was a speech that we might have expected from Donald Trump. I do think there's some tension in some of the things that that he was saying. I mean, at one point he talked about you know, U.S. sort of military misadventures overseas and wasting six trillion dollars by, in his estimation, and and he seemed to talk about what the United States has been doing overseas and defending friends and allies, uh, and and I would say fighting wars uh, to to rid the, con- the 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 world of of terrorists as if we were doing this out of generosity, when in reality we were doing this because it's in our interest. And it's in our interest to fight to, to fight Al-Qaeda, and it's in our interest to, to eliminate uh, our enemies, but it's also sometimes in our interest to defend our, our friends. And, you know, that was, I, I would say, he didn't seem to, to uh, that was certainly a, a departure from, should we say, traditional Republican thinking. This was a much more protectionist, America first, America at home themed speech in that ways as many it was very different from his inaugural address in some respects but in that way is a lot like his his inaugural address and if you think about the uh the use of the word carnage in his inaugural address there was not a lot of carnage talk he did talk about what he thought were mistakes in the past and i think that's one of the things that his fans like his fans are very grumpy you know uh, it, it's been noted in the pages of the weekly standard that the right track wrong track numbers have been off really since you know the mid 2000s and that that's there's this group of voters who have been saying that over and over again and they've been ignored let's get a little bit of inside baseball here steve i thought it was worth noting his warm talk about tax credits as approach to obamacare as you know the fight is between letting people deduct what they pay for health care versus actually giving people who don't pay taxes money that they can use to buy health care that's the tom price model that's the model that i think a lot of republicans think is the smart way to move out of obamacare because even if you're a libertarian like i am and believe that the government shouldn't be in this business the fact is voters want goodies and if you just take stuff away they're going to be very grumpy on election day yeah and certainly i think that 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 was something that speaker ryan's office was very happy to hear from from trump in the speech um that that he was sort of weighing in and giving some direction to where congressional republicans um at least the white house thinks they ought to go i mean one of the big challenges i think this this was one of those speeches where Trump was certainly, of course, speaking to tens of millions of people around the country, but he was also speaking to the Republicans in the room. And, and he needed to, to make clear 
for them or at least clearer for them what he intends to do here, um, particularly as it relates to Obamacare. And I think um, he did give them some additional direction. Now you're going to have people, I mean, certainly you have conservatives who are um, not happy with what we're hearing increasingly coming out of the White House, whether it's, you know, a John Kasich style saving of, of Medicaid expansion or, or it's tax credits. I mean, there are still Republicans are far, far from being united on how to repeal and replace Obamacare. But for Republicans who came to the speech looking for some additional direction, I mean, I don't think anybody thought he was going to get deep into policy detail in the speech, but looking for some general direction. I think they got that from Donald Trump. The the one place I think was a missed opportunity for him with respect to Obamacare is uh, he could have done a lot more to talk about the damage that Obamacare has done to the country. Um, I think he would have been smart to use some of the stories, you know, he, he told some stories later of, of people who had lost loved ones to uh, violence perpetrated by illegal immigrants. And he, he you know, had a, a couple guests. I think he ought to have spent more time doing that on Obamacare. I mean, what we're about to see is a full onslaught by Democrats in the media um, making the repeal efforts to repeal and replace Obamacare, you know, look, you know, inhuman, uncaring. Um, and Trump, I think, had this moment where he could have said, you know, look at look at this particular family in Nebraska whose premiums are up 400 percent and it means that they can't do this and this and this. And I think he could have done more to tell those stories, to set, sort of frame the debate that we're about to have than he did in this speech. And I think that was a missed opportunity for him. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you know, overall, Republicans who aren't talking about how bad Obamacare has been, about the cost of it, and I don't mean the cash cost necessarily, but the cost of people's lives and how it's messed things up and hurt jobs and hurt real people. And that's a key. But how interesting that at the end of a Trump speech, Steve Hayes, you and I, who will never be accused of being Trump homers, are going, wow, you missed some opportunities, maybe, but he could have done maybe a little more. But what that that was a good political speech. Yeah, I think it was pretty effective. I mean, he, he didn't have he had he had one job. I think his big job was to 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 look presidential and to show Republicans in the room that he was in charge and he was going to help them drive their agenda. They leave that chamber tonight. I think believing that he accomplished those things. Now, there are plenty of other things. I mean, I am, of course, as I would be since it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's an important issue and it's a big issue to me, uh, disappointed that there was nothing at all on entitlement reform. I mean, it's a great irony to me that Paul Ryan is sitting behind Donald Trump as he gives this speech. Ryan, who began fighting for entitlement reform in, when he came back to Congress after the 2006 midterms, eventually worked hard enough to get it into the Republican budget Budget, had Republicans take huge political risks at a time when you had um, naysayers and skeptics saying that they were committing political suicide by embracing the reform of entitlements, putting them in their budget. Republicans do that. They vote on it more than a handful of times. And here you have a Republican president who mentions nothing of this in his speech and, you know, a Republican Congress applauding the speech that that doesn't tackle this very important issue. It's not you know, th- this is not a it's not an issue that we can set aside. Entitlements are driving 
the debt. The math is the math. If we don't deal with that, it's you know we we will have to deal with it at with it at some point. And I'm concerned that he didn't deal with it here. You've heard some conversation or some talk in, in the past few days from Mick Mulvaney, his budget director, that they remain open to some kinds of entitlement reform. Paul Ryan in interviews that he's given in the lead up to the speech has suggested that there are ways to um, sort of include entitlement reform in Obamacare repeal and replace efforts. Um, but Trump campaigned against entitlement reform. He had virtually the same exact position as Hillary Clinton. Um, it's the main driver of our debt. The Heritage Foundation says that these major entitlement programs, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, together with interest in the debt, are driving 85% of the projected growth in government spending over the next decade. That's not going away. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to remain, you know, it, it is going to lead us to a debt crisis as people have been predicting for years. So I would say that's the big, to me, that was the big miss. In, in this speech is nothing substantive on entitlement reform. Steve Hayes, what do old people hate? Talking about fixing Social Security. Who do old people love? Donald Trump. So we're just, that's not going to happen. My final question for you, what time uh, on Wednesday, how early in the day will Trump send out a tweet that undoes all the political good that he did for himself in yeah. this speech? <laughs> What's the over-under? Yeah, I mean, you know, I assume he'll he'll be back to picking fights with the media. He's going to be certainly asked about this this comment that he made in this uh, in his discussion with anchors today, apparently at lunchtime, where he talked about coming out tough uh, on immigration and rounding up criminal aliens and building the wall and then seeking a broad compromise on immigration reform. Um, we don't yet know exactly what that compromise will look like, but the quote that came out of that lunch today sounded a lot different than the kind of things that Donald Trump was saying during the Republican primaries. And we'll find out well, by reading the pages of the Weekly Standard and by listening to these podcasts in the future. Thanks, Steve Hayes, for joining me for this uh, immediately after the speech Insta analysis in the podcast. You bet. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates or better, better still, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search the Weekly Standard. I'm your host, Michael Graham.